What is up, everybody? Mark on the mic here, joined by Mr. Remy Warren once again. We're going to talk about a topic today that's incredibly important. A topic, Remy, that just might save somebody's life. And that is fire starting. Now, now fire starting, the ability to start a fire, is a very uh, good skill to have. It could be uh, that you're just trying to get warm and comfortable. It could be for camaraderie around a, a more mundane campfire, or like we mentioned uh, just a second ago, it could be a very critical situation where um, it means the difference between life and death. But uh, for eons, the ability to start a fire has been uh, pretty uh, pretty key for us human beings. Yeah, I mean, it, there's so many times when you're out hunting, whether I'm hunting, guiding, or whatever, especially in the late season, a fire is crucial in most of the time I'm using it for comfort, a lot of times for cooking. And then there's those few times where you need it because you have to have one. And those are the times that it's good to know how to start a fire. It's good to practice starting a fire. And it's good to be able to improvise in less than ideal situations. Yeah. I mean, when I think about fire starting, um, oftentimes it's like easier to do in the summertime. You know, it's warm out. Maybe you're in your shorts. You got all the time in the world. But when I think about the times where I might really, really, really need a fire, and, and that could even be just for comfort. Like you said, maybe you're just on a, maybe you're on a late season hunt and you're like, oh man, my hands are getting a little numb. Maybe my feet are getting a little numb. Uh, I just want to warm up. Um, usually the conditions are, you know, it's wet, it's cold. There could be snow on the ground. So presents, uh, you know, if there is snow on the ground, maybe finding um, fuel for your fire is a little bit more difficult, perhaps. So a lot of things to be to be thinking about. Um, starting a fire, just the ability to start a fire and get it going, like that is very key. Like nothing about your strategy with your fire. Well, okay, your strategy will come into starting your fire and we'll get there. But like, what are you doing to like start a fire? Like what is, what's your process look like? Yeah. I think one of the things that I, you know, when somebody's talking about how do I build a fire? And I think a lot of people, I will mention this, a lot of people overestimate their fire starting ability, especially people starting out. They're like, yeah, I can make a fire because they've made a fire. Like you said, it's summer in a campground, all the stuff. Um, but I think building a fire is just like any other skill. The more you do it, in those situations, the better you're going to get. Uh, my process is kind of the same every time. And I think that how you start is how fire goes, right? So you need the proper materials to start out. And I think that the reason most fires fail in inclement conditions is because there wasn't enough prep work. They tried to jump to the end result and didn't do the process in the correct way. And they burnt through their fuels and other things. And then they end up without a fire. So for me, it's gathering the materials and having what I need to build the fire. And there's things that help you make a fire faster. And there's things that maybe you can't find and you got to make that fire slower, but having enough materials, having enough wood to burn to get the fire going and the right things to get it started. And I mean, th there are times where I've got the perfect material, flammable material and dry wood, and I can build a fire really big, really fast. There's other times where you have to start slow and then you have to have build up to that bigger fire. So for me, the process is gathering the materials, having everything at hand, and then starting small and building big. Gotcha. Gotcha. What, um, like those materials, like you often hear the word, like, you know, tinder, um, 
what types of and this is like the not swipe right tinder this is the 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 original tinder right this is the original tinder but yeah. uh we might get to your other tinder strategy as well we'll see how much time we want to take up here <laughs> um but uh yes uh traditional we'll call this traditional tinder so like uh when i think of that it's just like uh, uh you know wispy little twigs and things like that that stuff that's going to burn real easy to to get your fire going but what types of things have you used or do you like um to act as like that initial tinder to get the fire going yeah so i mean uh, things that you find anything that I like something that if, when you light it, it just, it burns longer than something else. It's more flammable. Um, where I hunt, it, it, everybody's in different, so where you're at, you're going to find different materials. And to be honest, you know, I, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert at East coast fire building. I've built a lot of fires in the West. And so I, I everywhere that I hunt, I'm very familiar with the types of plants, uh, the types of trees, the types of things that I'm looking for that burn really well. So the first thing is, wherever you're at, you know, if you go to a new area, uh, what I do is I try to burn a lot of different stuff, see what might be good fire starter. There are some things that are universal though, where I'm at in pine country, there is uh, a couple things that burn really well. Pine pitch is one. It's a great fire starter. It burns for a long time. It burns really hot. It can be a little bit harder to get started, but once it goes, it burns for a while. The thing that I think is the best fire starter out West is dry pine needles because it's it's almost like it's like lighting up some kerosene it goes fast and burns hot but it burns quick so um that's another thing uh certain kinds of mosses uh really burn well because they burn a little bit slower but they hold the flame um and then anything that's dry dry wood uh in small pieces shavings of inside of wood the closer you get to the core of most woods the more pitches in there the more pitches in there the more flammable it is the better fire starter it makes and then there's other things like dry grasses. Uh, grass is one of those things that like, think of a grass fire, it burns fast, but it puts out a flame. And there's other things that burn hot, like, you know, pitch burns a lot hotter than maybe grass, but grass is a lot easier to start. So something like a bird's nest or even just different pieces of grass or underbrush that you can find that are dead and dry. That's awesome. And then of course, dry sticks uh, and then other types of dry wood or wood. What about like, you know, synthetic or man-made materials? Like what are there things that you like to carry with you, you know, to, you know, uh, assist in that process or accelerate the process? Yeah, I always, I, in, I kind of have multiple forms of fire starter with me. I always have some in my first aid kit. I generally keep fire starter with whatever I'm going to light the fire with. Uh, I've used everything. There's fire cubes. Um, some of them aren't, aren't even like name brand. You can get name brand stuff. I'm not really sure of the names. They're just like these. I don't know. They aren't plastic, but um, just like these fire cubes, they're made for starting fires. One of my favorites is the more, it's like cotton and wax. You can make it out of dryer lint and, and wax or uh, petroleum jelly, uh, Vaseline and wax, whatever, um, cotton, anything like that. Those, those kinds you just pull apart and you just pull it apart, let air get in there. One thing I will say is I've noticed, uh, I gave some guy, I was in Alaska and I was like, Hey guys, here, start some fire, a fire for me after we killed some caribou. And I had one fire starter and it was like the cottony kind. Well, they didn't pull it apart. They just tried lighting it and they used the entire fire starter, didn't get the fire going. And then I was like, okay, no, well, luckily I had a plan B and was able to get the fire going. Cause we, we kind of needed it. We were processing a caribou in the dark and it was raining. We were wet and cold and wanted to eat. And so we we're going to cook some caribou meat while we we're doing the whole thing. 
Um, so just knowing how to use, whether it's found fire starter, synthetic fire starter, knowing how to use what you have, practicing with all that. Um, and then there's like uh pyro putty, which is essentially the cotton waxed cotton type fire starter as well. Yep. What, if you don't, uh, what was your plan B for getting that fire starter or that fire started? How'd you, how did you end up doing that? So one of the things that I just have gotten used to my entire life is when I'm walking around, no matter where I am, I'm not just looking for animals. I always note things that I could start a fire with. And when we crossed the Creek on the way in, I saw a tree and it was like a, a very, uh, like distinct, there wasn't very many trees, right? It was just like a small tree. And I noticed that there was a bird's nest in the crook of the tree and it was pretty well protected and it had been raining. Um, and I went there and I got the bird's nest because it was pretty close by. And then I had wrappers from my pocket uh, of snacks. And a lot of times plastic burns real well, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Um, I think I used a combination of the plastic, the bird's nest, and maybe a little bit of the scrounged fire starter to get the fire going. And it was very wet conditions and not a lot of wood. Um, but the guys with me were like, Oh, sh-. <laughs> like, this is like, we just failed with like the fire starter and you just got it going with like, how'd you even know there's a bird's nest there? And it was just like a way that I've done things my entire life. Like as I'm hiking through, there's been times where I've been in Montana and we kill an elk and it's like snowing and I go, okay, I'll be right back. And I just walk over to, a tree that I noticed there was some dead pine branches and brown, like the brown needles. I look for those a lot in like the West because that you can just, it's like lighting a torch. You could pretty much one flame and you just whoa, goes up real fast. Um, it, it really is so, amazing. That, that, oh yeah. It's amazing. It? <laughs> Everybody's a master fire starter with dry pine needles. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And I, I'll do the same thing. Like I'll be walking around. If I see a good piece of pitch, I always have like, a little bag that I'll put other things in. So I might put some pitchy bark, some pine pitch if I find dry things. So I always have something dry on me. It might be found. It might be stuff that's man-made, but I try to use the stuff that I find first and save the man-made stuff for those real, those real tough situations. And you didn't have to use your toilet paper. And I think that's, that's a big win. Yeah. You know, and I will say though, toilet paper is not the best fire starter because it doesn't put out like a great flame. Most of the time, you know, it just like kind of smolders. It's not the it's not the best, but it'll get things going if you got to. <laughs> yeah, it's probably better than probably better than nothing. But yeah, yeah, definitely better than nothing. Yeah, you know it's funny, and and it it uh, you, we had this podcast on the books, but I was thinking of it naturally the other day. You're talking about oh, you know, fire, learn practicing fire, starting a fire in your region. So we're in, we're in the Midwest here, and you and I were actually texting back and forth. I'm like, dude, it's January. Like our, our deer season, our archery deer season is about to shut down uh, in certain regions of the state. I'm like, I got to get back out one more time. There was no rain in the forecast. And uh, I remember I was packing up my gear to go and I looked down and I've got this like little, like, you know, whatever waterproof zipper bag that I keep my rain gear in that I religiously brought it with me all fall. It has not, it's either been in my pack or in the truck. Like it's made it every single time. And I'm just like, whatever, it's going to be fine. I looked at it and I left it there, Remy. I'm like 10 minutes away from where I'm going. It starts to rain. And it's not like, it wasn't like torrential, but it also wasn't like, it was raining. Like it was raining. It's like, it's snow on the ground. It's raining. And I'm like, okay, well, realistically, you know, unless I get something, 
which is the goal. Uh, I'm like, I got to gut this out for three hours. I'm like, it'll be fine. You know, it was just an evening sit. Uh, ended up seeing the deer. It didn't come together. But by while I was sitting there, I was I was thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm wet. I'm cold. There's snow covering pretty much everything. And I'm and I was looking around, uh, being like, okay, so how would I start a fire? Okay, well, there's really no. It was interesting. It's it's a very it's it's hardwood forest there, and there's really very little understory. In fact, I'm I was even thinking like, what the heck are the deer eating mostly around here? Because there's just like not a ton of browse. But um, I'm like, okay, there's some down logs. I've got my saw in my pocket that I have for like you know trimming stuff out, you know, going up the tree or whatever. I was in my climbing stand, and uh, and I did have like I had a lighter. And uh, a couple of these uh, like pyro, smaller pyro putty things, and and so I ended up not having to start a fire. But I was like, oh, maybe if I get a deer, maybe I'll think about starting a fire. That might feel good. Um, realistically, I think it wouldn't have been, you know, more than probably about a half mile to get out. So like, I probably would have just like stayed wet and got warm by moving around. But anyway, to your point, like I was thinking about those things, but uh, and I didn't have my rain gear, but I did have my fire starter. And that is something knock on wood that I am very cognizant of. I didn't used to bring it like growing up. Like I never had fire starter with me. Um, but definitely the last, I don't know. I don't remember a recent hunt where I, you know, in the last 10, 15 years where I haven't, you know, had it with me. Um, because it is like critically important. Like I was even thinking Remy, like, sorry to get into story time here, but I'm like, Oh, I only have to gut it out for three hours. Right. Yeah. Well, what if I, you know, now I'm wet. What if I fell? What if I fell getting out of my tree stand? But I can, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's pretty important. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's always good to have it on you and readily available and also just have the knowledge of like, okay, here, here's my plan. Cause the hardest part is when you really need to make a fire, like in a survival type situation, you know, it's not, it's generally like pretty rushed. It, your hands are cold. Your everything doesn't work right. And if you don't have that plan going in, and you're like, now I'm going to try to figure out how to do this in this situation, it's very difficult. Um, you know, so that's why, like, when I'm walking around, whether I need it or not, I'm always making like mental notes of like, oh, here's a good spot. Oh, here's some down stuff. Uh, one of the things, like, where you say one of the things that I'd be looking for is dead stuff that's on standing timber because like the lower branches that are dead, right? Because it's not soaked in, the tree kind of protects it. It's probably not underneath the snow and they're easy to snap off. You can get to the core real easy. If you've got a knife, you can shave the the stick and make some shavings. And that's like a good way of like, boom, right here. And okay, where's some places that maybe have that? Or you're up in the tree and here's some of those dead branches or dried out branches uh, that are standing. That's always really good stuff. Getting close to the base of a tree, um, places that don't have a lot of understory. And then, like you said, too, fallen logs. But a lot of times people go for that fallen log, but it's really rotted out. So it's really poor quality fire starter. It's chalky in it, um, whatever. You know, having a saw, that's huge. I rarely ever have a saw, but just sawing the branch off and then using the shavings itself are, are really good as well um, to get get it going. They kind of smolder a little bit, but yeah, you could definitely get a fire going with with what you had. Nice. Nice. I mean, you really answered a couple of my other questions. There's like, okay, if it is wet out, you know, like sometimes it's like, oh, it's, it's been raining, you know, but like, it's not necessarily wet everywhere. So are, are there some places that you might look when, um, 
when it is wet out to find something that is more dry? Like you mentioned, like the base of a tree, maybe that's the only spot. I don't know. Yeah. Base of the tree, uh, rocks. And like one of the things, a lot of places you hunt, you kind of don't think about looking for wood and rocks, but, um, that's a really good place for fire starter because underneath the rocks could be dry grass. There could be, um, like where I'm at pack rats nests, they're this huge. <laughs> like there's a lot of pack rat nests in those little rocky crags and you pretty much all those little rocks have sticks and other things in it that might be dry. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of places that you can find dry stuff. And then, you know, the outside of wood might be wet, but the inside might be dry. So having something that you can split wood with is, is big. I don't really carry a hatchet around. Uh, it would be handy in a lot of situations, but I do carry a pretty stout knife. That's one of the things you know, like a lot of people just carry replaceable blade knives and I'm like, that's cool. Like I've used them in the past, but I like something with a little bit more utility if I'm going to carry the weight of something. So I use a knife that I could split wood with and and shave off wood and, and have a little bit more uh, use out of it. I, I generally like to carry, but like I'll carry like a replaceable blade knife, but then I, I like to carry like a, a, like a nice fixed blade knife as well for that same yeah. reason. You can just like, if you need to you know, it just gives you a little more oomph if you need to do something that takes a little bit more work. Um, where do you keep your fire starting kit? I think you mentioned like maybe your med kit, but like, do you, do you keep multiple, like how many lighters do you carry with you? Like what types of lighters are you using? Do you like keep one in your pack and on your person? How are you managing that? Yeah, I generally, I, I'll, I'll use like a regular Bic lighter. They aren't the best, but they, they work. Um, because I use it to detect the wind a lot too especially when it's like dark. So I always have that. And I generally have it on my inside chest pocket of my jacket or in a pocket on my body. Um, trouble with those kind of lighters is they, they often don't work when it's really cold or if it's like really wet, it can be hard to get those going. Um, and then I always carry an alternate form, which in the past, you know, maybe like waterproof matches. Generally I have like a ferro rod. I like to call them flint and steel, you know, get a good spark going, even though I don't have flint, um, like a good, a good fire starting rod because, and that I generally, the rod I keep in my, the back of my bino harness most of the time, cause I always have my binos, get the place for it. Um, don't really have to worry about it getting wet and stuff. So that's generally where I have that. And I think I probably have something in my med kit in my backpack that just never leaves this uh, a backup as well. I've used like a few electric lighters in recent times. Those are cool, but I don't use them that often, but those little like arc lighters or whatever are cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've used, um, you know, and really I haven't started a ton of fires like in the field while hunting. I can think of like a handful of occasions where, you know, we've done it or it's been nice and, and it's like super nice, but yeah. So I generally use the big lighter, but like, like you said, there's definitely been, a few times where like it is so cold and like, you know, now we're in the office, it's like, Oh yeah, it's working perfectly. Right. But like, um, yeah, it's like, it's harder to, you know, you get a little spark with it, but it doesn't want to go. And then I, I also do find, um, generally like my fingers are numb. So then like I'm standing there, like trying to get whatever fire started and maybe this is just, you know, the cost of doing business, but I'm like, I wonder if I'm burning my finger right now and I can't feel it, you know, as the wind is like blowing the flame, like towards my finger, like, Oh no, but, um, definitely. So I do have like, this is, uh, so I've got like a little bit, some pyro putty on the table. That's what I've been using a little bit lately. Um, this is kind of like the, the tin form. And then they've got like some smaller versions. They actually have different variants of it. They have like a winter blend, yeah, they have summer a, blend. I don't understand that. Why would you ever buy a summer blend? I don't know. I saw that and I'm like, why would you want one that doesn't work in the cold? 
I mean, when we were together, you, you, you did mention that. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm just going to carry the one that like should theoretically work all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then they've got this, oh, that was the wrong slide. So then I put some of that little there. It's kind of like a nifty little operation. So you put some of the um, starter in there. It's got like a little receptacle for it. And then, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's like something like arc plasma technology, but you know, an interesting yeah, way to do it. Cool. Yeah, those are cool. They're pretty um, windproof too. Yeah, right. Um, so I need to. I haven't really used it that much. So I do need to, you know, practice with it. Um, so um, yeah. What about like drying fuel out? Are you ever like dr- like once you get it going? Like, do you have any tactics for like? Well, there's some material here, but it's not ideal. But there's maybe more of that material. Like, do you ever try and dry it out? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Once I get a fire going, then I stack wood around to, to start drying out. Sometimes I'll put it above the fire to, to dry it out. Or if it's not going to hinder, like when I've got a fire ripping, um, sometimes I'll dry it out in the fire, you know, one, one or two pieces and we'll smother the fire. But yeah, definitely use the fire itself to dry things out. Um, and then I guess maybe I should have asked this in the beginning, but are you like, what type of thought are you putting into like, where you're actually building the fire like what what types of things are you um thinking about or considering like as far as like i don't know uh wind uh weather uh you know the terrain anything coming into play there yeah well there's a couple things first thing is you know depending on where you're at like out west sometimes it's dry so the first thing you're is like your fire is not going to create a worse fire right like yes you've got a fire that's not going to create a wildfire that's number one in most situations because most 99 percent of the fires you're ever going to make are going to be semi-recreational right so don't make a fire that's going to have like smoking the bear you know don't don't create a forest fire you're going to be like i listen to this vortex podcast and i burned down the national forest <laughs> yeah so that's like that's key you know don't be an idiot um, when you're when you're driving then, down when you're driving down the road and you pass like that like pegged out meter that says like fire danger high, maybe think twice before making a fire even. For sure, or you know, like be very yeah. I mean, be very careful. No, any time of year of like, okay, can this fire spread? What happens when I leave? Uh, putting the fire out. Uh, outside of that, you know, you want a fire that's like fairly well sheltered if you can. I mean every situation is different, right? If I've got like a sweet rock pile around and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to build it by this rock pile and that'll kind of trap and and reflect the heat. That's great. That doesn't always happen. Um, Sometimes you can use, I'll use my extra wood to kind of block the windy side. So I'm going to dry, you know, or or kind of create a little bit of a barrier uh, for it. Sometimes I'll even like pull out big rock and use the rock to block the wind and then use the whole of the rock to to put the fire in a little bit just to protect it from too much wind the wind i mean it can blow the fire down but it can also burn through your fuel a lot faster too because it just pumps more air into it and gets it going faster and then you're just constantly uh needing more wood but nice thing about a fire you get warm twice you get warm getting creating the fire building it and then the fire hopefully keeps you warm as well for sure for sure yeah i mean you bring up like some points there's like as far as like you know yeah you do need like so there's three things that you need to make fire. You need fuel, oxygen, and heat, and that creates the chemical reaction that creates the lovely thing that we call fire. What um, do you think that like getting like what are you doing to make sure that you're getting enough air to your fire to get it going? 
Oh yeah. Or oxygen, like I a, should say. Oxygen. Yeah. Oxygen is huge. There's a few things that I'll do. Like, uh, I mean, I'm generally like blowing into the fire when I'm creating it. Once it starts going down, then I'm using a lot of air. Most of the time, like a fire is not working because it doesn't have enough air. Um, another way is like fanning the fire. If you have something that you can fan it with, uh, whether it's a, I mean, I don't know in your pack what you might have. I have like a glassing pad. I fanned a lot of fire with a glassing pad, you know, just getting creative. Something that's like, oh yeah, I can, because then you don't have to be down there sucking in the fumes. One thing you want to be careful of is like, I've actually seen it happen where somebody took a deep breath over the fire and passed out. Um, it's like, Whoa, dude, why are you kissing the fire today, bud? Um, so, you know, you, you breathe, like take your breath away from the fire and then breathe that breath into the fire, breath away, breathe in, breath away, breathe in, like get in the habit of that. Um, but fanning, it's really easy because you can fan it and you don't have to use your breath, but pump some air into it. And yeah, you're, sticking your face not like really close to the fire yeah a lot of times it's just like a you know it's when it starts to smolder and you just need to get that air in there sure and then start throwing in those things that burn fast and hot and get it going to kind of maintain it or if it starts to die down like you'll build the fire and it's like i got it going and then it, you don't have enough good fuel to keep it going but oxygen can help you know reignite what's already there put out more heat and then ignite what else is around have you ever have you ever had to like keep a fire going all night? You know, as far as like, what are you thinking about there? Is that something where you're like setting an alarm? Like, I need to remember to keep the fire going, or else I'm going to be having to restart the fire. Or you know, I guess likely, hopefully, working with some sort of coals. But like, what are you doing to keep a fire just going with minimal effort? Yeah, it just it depends what I've got and how how bad I need the fire to keep going. Generally, I, I load it up pretty. If I like, I really want it to keep going. I load it up pretty good, and get really like a really good coal bed going. So if it did go out, it's really easy to start with those coals that are already there. Um, another thing is just like you know keeping a lot of wood around so it's easy to feed. Um, I mean, you can do different. Th- I mean, I've done things where you stack logs on top of each other, and it's like a self feeding fire. Um, but I, I mean, that's not like. There's very few times that I'm like, I need a self-feeding fire. Most of the time it's just like throw some more sticks on. Um, there are those times where even like if I'm in a hut or a small cabin, right? And you're, that's your source of heat. And then it goes out, the cold wakes you up, but sometimes it's like, oh, well, now I got to get it started again. But by that point, you should already have enough fuel around that's dried that if you had to start it again, it, it starts up really fast. Most of the time I just restart the fire with those coals that are in there and just by blowing on the coals and then having something to ignite a spark. Sometimes all it takes is just like a little bit of flame to get it going again. Yeah. You know, and you bring up something that it really is surprising to me, like how long coals will stick around, you know, like it can look like the fire is completely out, which is maybe this is how forest fires start. Uh, and, uh, you know, you dig around in the coals a little bit and you can find some hot coals. Like you said, you blow on them, give them a little oxygen and you can get a a new fire going in it in in very short order. So, um, no, that is cool. This is a, a kind of a fun story. I was in, um, like Northwestern Montana. It was quite a few years back. The last season I was whitetail hunting and it was so, it was Thanksgiving week. It was so cold. It's like 20 below. And I hiked in a long ways. I was sweaty. And now I'm going to sit and watch this opening and hope that a whitetail comes out. 
And um, so I'm sitting there and I'm not good at sitting and I'm pretty cold at this point because I was bundled up. You know, it's like when it's cold and then you're bundled up and you start to sweat. I tried to manage it, but I was just, I was like cold. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to start a fire. And I just had a lighter and it was really hard to get the light. Like the lighter wasn't working. And I noticed I was in this, it had burned. I was in a new burn and I noticed like this spot where it's all snow and there was no snow in this one spot, like at a tree well. And this fire was in September and I went over there and I could see like steam coming off the ground still. And so I dug down in the dirt and dug out a root that had a coal and actually got a fire started from a coal from a fire that was probably in September, in November. It was wild. It was so, it was so cool. Like, I, I mean, I was like, this is the coolest thing. I think I wonder to find that video because it was pretty wild. You're just like, this is kind of, it's kind of like a steamy, like little zone. It wasn't like definitely not fire, but it was warm enough underneath there. It probably had a huge root system that was just smoldering. It was pretty deep, but I was, it was like, had been burnt so bad that the dirt was super loose. It was, it was easy to burn, like dig down. And I pulled out coals and just by blowing in the coals, I was able to get the fire started. That is crazy. Found. It was wild. I'd never seen anything like it. It was so cool. I was like, what are the odds of that? This I mean, is my zone. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I was like this. And I actually, I actually shot it. Uh, I didn't get the buck, but I saw a buck. Did I shoot at it? No, I saw, I saw a good buck from that spot, but so I'm glad I, I stuck it out. But um, yeah, I ended up not getting a buck on that trip. It was like the deer were not moving, but I did do something I'd never done. I started a fire from a fire that was in September. I was going to say, probably, like, assuming September, you know, what, what's, what's your secret to starting a fire in tough conditions? Oh, I'll go find one. Yeah. yeah I go find one from the, you know, previous <laughs> fire season. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And the only thing, I mean, unless there was like a late, there's no, I've never seen a late season fire though. Like this was in, this wasn't like a civilized area. This is in the back country in an area is just like kept warm under the dirt for months weird Dude, like a charcoal kiln kind of thing you know just absolutely uh, wild huh that yeah. is awesome that is very cool well and then so you mentioned something you know we've been talking about you know at times there's snow on the ground is that something like okay snow's made out of you know water water puts out fire are you if you're building a fire do you move as much snow away as possible or does that even matter mm. and the, the stuff will just burn on top of it and it's good to go yeah, burns on top of it most of the time. I mean, I'll throw stuff down or kick it away if I can. Like, just depends. Um, but yeah, I've had plenty of fires on top of snow. Cool. I don't know, man. I think I, I think I've fired all my questions. I think I'm out of questions about fire, Remy. I would say like the best fire starter though, if you got it, is five gallons of gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely the most fun and <laughs> definitely the most effective. You know, but outside of that, you know. Sticks and twigs come in second, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, a, a close second. You know, or if yeah. you're flying in, you know, I mean, Avgas, you know, is just, you know, that's fantastic right. as well. So. Right. Diesel, paint thinner. <laughs> There's a lot of different fire starters out there, you know. Uh, little Boy Scout lighter fluid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, uh, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know, you know, you've been... Uh, uh, out and about the woods uh, your entire life and started uh, a number of fires in, in various conditions. And I appreciate you sharing, sharing your knowledge with us. So, Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Well, thanks, every, everybody, for listening. Hopefully this has gotten you fired up 
to practice, to practice your fire starting before it's critical that you start a fire. So uh, you can definitely learn a lot uh, by, by starting fires and just even understanding like how it works. Like I even, now I'm, I was closing this room, now I'm not, but back in my Nebraska days, the only modification I made to my 1910 home was put in a wood stove because when the wind blew, my curtains blew and it was a very cold house uh, and the furnace didn't work very well. Uh, so I started a lot of fires, but, and it's in a, like a very controlled, like wood stove type environment, but you still learn a lot. Like, Oh, when I, when I lean stuff like this, or when I put a log back here, it does that. Or, you know, when I, when I, like I said, when, if you add a little air and you blow on it, it does this. So, uh, you can certainly learn a lot by practicing and, um, then you'll be able to do it when you really need it. So once again, now I will close it out. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Remy. And, uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.